0: This is Christopher Mitchell with the Institute for Local Self-Reliance, talking about community broadband networks. Today, we're talking with Jim Moorhead, Executive Committee Chair of the Broadband Alliance of Mendocino County in California. Mendocino County is a large, rural county that has been neglected by AT&T, Comcast, and Verizon. Dial-up access to the internet is the only option for half the county. For six years, Jim and others have worked to bring real broadband to everyone. We talk about their efforts and barriers in this interview. The fuzzy audio is due to the sad state of telecommunications in Northern California. Here's our interview with Jim Moorhead. I'm here with Jim Moorhead, the chair of the executive committee for the Broadband Alliance of Mendocino County in California. Uh, welcome to the show, Jim.
1: Hi, Christopher. Thanks for having me on.
0: Well, I'm really glad you were able to come on. It's, uh, it's a fascinating project you're working on. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about uh, Mendocino County and uh, why you need to have a broadband alliance?
1: Well, uh, Mendocino County is in Northern California on the Pacific Ocean. We're Uh, approximately 100 miles north of the Golden Gate, uh, which, of course, is in in San Francisco area. And we're only about uh, 150 miles north of the birthplace of much of what we consider to be the modern Internet. So it's rather ironic that we're even having to do what we're doing. But here we are. Uh, Mendocino County, it's a very rural, large, physically large county. We have about 90,000 population in about a 3,500 square mile uh, area. And the largest city, our county seat, Ukiah, has a population of about 15,000. So the population is, is pretty well dispersed uh, throughout the county. We have internet, uh, lots of fiber in the county, but it's not uh, retail fiber. It's It's big backbone stuff. There's a submarine cable landing station at Manchester, about 25 miles south from where I'm speaking, uh, that comes from Asia. It's a level three uh, cable, and it goes inland and is part of the backbone, but doesn't uh, provide any off-ramps in Mendocino County.
0: So you essentially have an interstate running through your towns, uh, your whole county, without any ability to access it?
1: Precisely. We have two or three of those interstates with no off-ramps. We do have some fiber in the county that's at the retail level, but it's controlled by AT&T, Verizon, and Comcast. And as you and your listeners are probably pretty well aware, is that the, the big incumbents uh, don't see the return on investment uh, being at all attractive in the rural areas because of the uh, what they consider to be the density of population issues. So our group got started, um, you know, the the basic group got started on the coast about six years ago, and our formal group that we now have, the Broadband Alliance of Mendocino County is uh, going on two years of age. Um, we. I'm on the uh, Board of Directors of the Community Foundation for Mendocino County, and it's a, it's a countywide, uh, you know, basically a charitable organization doing most of the kinds of things that, that any good community foundation will do, whether it be, in, be rural or, or uh, in an urban area. And our, our foundation took on broadband as a crucial economic development leadership issue about two years ago and subsequent to that we've formed a coalition with the county board of supervisors the county government the the, the county executive office the economic development and financing agency the chambers of commerce the you know the agricultural interests in the county uh, the realtors the nonprofits, you know you name it we're we've got a a pretty broad-based group of uh, supporters, and we're pretty much all volunteers. You know, I'm I'm retired, and uh, I and a couple of my colleagues are spending full time working on this pro bono, but it's something we've got to get done for the county because we don't see that anybody else is going to do it.
0: Right now, how did you get all of those people together? Uh, I often talk with people who are from a community and they are trying to find a way of getting all of those powerful interests and local leaders on board, and sometimes they have difficulty doing it.
1: Yeah, that's, a, that's a, an excellent question. And I, you know, when I started working on this with our group, our, our coastal group, you know, six years ago. We, we were really struggling because we, we, we you know we would talk to we would talk to people that that knew something about community organizing of reg- regardless of what the uh, you know the particular project was and they said you need you know you need to get your your political leadership behind you and um, about two years ago um, this was a, a difficult situation for the people on the south coast of mendocino county but a A small ISP uh, went belly up down there, and the the guy just walked away and left several hundred uh, homes and many businesses in the lurch, where all of a sudden they had no Internet access except dial-up. And the pharmacy had to go immediately to HughesNet or Wild Blue and get a connection to City Hall in Point Arena, California, one of our four incorporated towns, all of a sudden was back on dial-up. And that that became part of a rallying cry. And my, my deputy, Greg Yurok, who lives in Point Arena, that's when I met him at a Board of Supervisors meeting when he came and made a presentation about the economic crisis that the south coast of Mendocino County was facing. Um, at about the same time, the Community Foundation put a uh, $40,000 challenge grant on the table, saying that uh, once our volunteer group could come up with a matching $40,000, we would have $80,000 of unrestricted money to start working on this. And this was all done uh, with the full support and cooperation of the county board of supervisors. And on my uh, executive committee, I have uh, we have five supervisors in the county and two of them sit on, on my executive committee and the deputy uh, CEO for the county is also on the executive committee. And one of the supervisors attends pretty much faithfully our meetings, which are every Friday in Ukiah. And for us to have those meetings, I mean, I personally have to drive an hour and a half in each direction to get to Ukiah. And my, my partner, Greg down in, in, uh, Point Arena. He has about a, a two-hour drive in each direction to go over there. So we're, we're spending. We've got a lot of energy, and, and we're you know we're making great progress. But we needed those catalysts, and I think the thing that really did it was the was the uh, failure of the small ISP on the south coast. That was you know if I can point to a single defining event that kind of Uh, was the tipping point for this it was that but leading up to that our group had been doing a lot of lobbying with the board of supervisors for four years and you know really making a lot of noise and and you know probably irritating people but we had to get people to pay attention to us
0: so you were working at this for quite some time was that original group called the redwood coast group
1: no, our our original and this is uh, uh, kind of a nuance, and I and I'm responsible for the two names, and I I I do it differently. The original group was called the Mendocino Coast Broadband Alliance, and that was just a, gr- a small group of us here on the coast, and we actually had a a small project area where we had hoped to build fiber to the home, and we even got it designed, and then once we started looking at the economics of it, we realized that uh, we were too small, and the only way we were going to get it done was to go for the stimulus funding, and I think that was 2009. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we just didn't quite frankly have the either the financial resources or the technical knowledge. We were overwhelmed with, with just reading the application. That's when we realized we needed to get bigger and get, get our political house in order first and then go out and and start making some statements in the community about who we are and our ability to get you know to get the job done.
0: Right. Unfortunately, a lot of those federal programs are really designed for big corporations and other large institutions that have the time to wade into all of the various rules and requirements. It's it's really quite hostile for small community groups.
1: Yeah, it really is. And I can understand if I was a bureaucrat in Sacramento or Washington, I'd want to make sure that I was shepherding the the public funds properly. But it makes it impossible for small community groups to reach out and and get access to the funds that are needed. So, you know, we're you know, we're, we're we're doing other things.
0: Right. So what are those other things that you're doing now?
1: Well, let me, let me describe our, our process. Our immediate goal this year and probably for the next couple of years is to be matchmakers. Uh, in, in the state of California, uh, the Public Utility Commission has a fund called the California Advanced Services Fund that has a couple hundred million dollars in it. And they revamped it earlier in the year and uh, changed the subsidies for rural broadband deployment from a 40% subsidy to a 60% subsidy for underserved and a 70% subsidy for unserved. Uh, and, and the so the economics of the projects are much more attractive today than they were before February 1st of this year when those – when that – when that new ruling came down and so we're we are identifying we've done mapping we've we've got some good good strong technical talent on our team and we've done mapping using google maps we we've done a a survey and we've got about um, seven a little over seven percent of the housing units in the county have responded to the survey so we we feel like we've got you know from a statistical standpoint we've they are the relevant size Uh, and we are identifying the areas and finding what we call project champions in each area to step forward because we're all volunteers we can't do it for them and saying we will be responsible for coordinating with the contractors when they come forward and showing them the lay of the land and organizing our neighborhood, et cetera. And the way we do this is we write, we send out, I may have, I may have sent you one of these. It's called a notice of opportunity. Mm-hmm. And we identify the project. We have a list of about 15 or 20 vendors, which goes from real small lists here in Mendocino County, all the way up to the big guys like AT&T and, and Verizon and Comcast, because we're, we're vendor neutral, we're technology neutral, and we're funder neutral we just want to get broadband deployed and we we don't want to have any preconceived thinking on on, on what is best. In, in the notice of opportunity the vendor will be advised, here's a map of the area, here's the contact person or, or persons in that in that neighborhood, here's some, you know, some demographic, you know, whatever information we've got. We have one project where there's 105 homes that are on dial-up, and they have a homeowner's association, fortunately, and it's in a, it's in a very rural part of, even by Mendocino County standards, they're, they're quite remote. And so the homeowner's association has stepped up to be that contact person. The project's eligible for 70% reimbursable subsidy by the Public Utility Commission, and we have a contractor that has been out and done a site visit, and then the contractor, uh, the vendor—it's a, it's a wisp—is uh, responsible for applying for the the uh, grant, you know, filling out the grant application uh, with the uh, with the California Advanced Services Fund. And then we will provide whatever support they need in terms of getting letters of support written, whatever administrative support we can provide them, and political support we will do that.
0: This is a an approach that is looking at solving some of the local area's problems, right?
1: Yeah. We're at a very micro level on, the, on this particular project. It's called the Rancho Naroro Project.
0: That's what I'm looking at right now.
1: We, we have a, a larger regional um, fiber uh, middle mile that we're working on with Sonoma County, uh, the, the Sonoma and Mendocino County coasts. I mean, there's plenty of fiber out here, but, you know, the big guys won't share it with us. So we're, we're going to overbuild the fiber uh, with more fiber that the same rate payers are going to pay for that paid for the original AT&T fiber. But since AT&T won't talk to us, and since there's money available through the CASA fund to do this, we're, we are in the preliminary stages of, of uh, preliminary design. It's going to be a redundant loop that will start in Petaluma, California, down Sonoma County, Come out to Bodega Bay, up Highway One to Westport, up north of Fort Bragg, which is near near where I live, and then go back inland to Laytonville. And it will be connected into the backbone at Laytonville and at Petaluma, so it will re- provide redundancy for the inland route.
0: And who will own that?
1: We don't know yet. You know, we're in the process of designing that, and we're negotiating with several. Several parties who uh, would step forward uh, and own and operate it. And that particular project will be eligible for somewhere around 60 to 65% subsidy from the Public Utility Commission. So, you know, we're doing big stuff, we're doing small stuff. Now, our strategy is to do the notices of opportunity, match up the vendors with the project and the financing, and get the broadband deployed. However, we have no assurance that even at the 60 and 70% subsidy levels that the private sector is going to be willing to step forward and, and take on that risk because none of these subsidies have anything to do with the operating with OPEX. It's, it's CapEx only. Uh, so our plan B, our fallback position, which we're not working on now because we hope we don't have to go there, would be to create in Mendocino County, um, an ISP of last resort, you know, a a carrier of last resort that would be probably some sort of a nonprofit. It could be a, a it could be a public utility district. Uh, we have uh, community services districts in California that are authorized by California law to provide broadband as a uh, as a service. That will be plan B.
0: Many in Washington and in the state capitals seem to think that people in rural areas uh, don't want broadband or that they don't know how to use it. And I'm curious as someone who's stuck out in that area um, and lumped in with, with that sort of uh, a group um, what your thoughts are on that mentality.
1: Well, Christopher, I do have an opinion about that. Uh, all I can really say is that the people in Sacramento and Washington need to get out of Sacramento and Washington and, and go visit the rural areas to find out what's happening. Um, the, the citizens of Mendocino County, we need broadband for all the same reasons that anybody else in the developed world needs it and increasingly in the developing world. You know, our, we, we, we have a lot of agriculture in the county, uh, legal, well, we have illegal agriculture. <laughs> <laughs> but the legal agriculture, uh, you know, all the all the government, you know, these our friends in Washington and Sacramento are requiring all of our reports to be submitted online, and they don't have these text friendly websites anymore. They're all graphic intensive, and our farmers are finding that they can't submit mandated reports. For example, uh, the sheep and and cattle. Growers, uh, farmers have to, when they move, move their cattle or their, their, you know, their livestock from one field to another, apparently they now have to submit reports saying that they did that. I guess part of that has to do with the mad cow disease and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, the pharmacists can't, uh, can't order drugs by fax or by, you know, control drugs by fax or telephone anymore. They have to do it on a secure website. We can't have telecommuters without broadband. Uh, Our educational institutions, the schools themselves are in pretty good shape relative to the rest of the county because of E-rate, which I'm sure you're familiar with. It's a heavily subsidized federal program where the carriers can run lines into the schools, but the lines stop there. The kids go to school. They have access to broadband. They go home at night and they don't have access. I, I don't know if I mentioned it earlier, but we, our group estimates that 53% of the housing units in Mendocino County there's about 40,000 housing units. 53% of them are still in dial-up. And although satellite's available, it's not reliable. The median income statistics in the county are such that, you know, a typical family of three or four people, they can't afford the sixty or seventy dollars a month. That's completely dedicated just to to having broadband over satellite. Basically, we need it here just like we need it anyplace else. And I invite any of the, you know, the regulators, administrators in Washington and Sacramento, and definitely legislators to come to Mendocino County and let me show them around. Tell them tell them why we need it.
0: I don't know. I would take you up on that offer if I was out there. seems like uh, uh, Humboldt County, very beautiful places.
1: Yes, Humboldt County is right to the north of us, and they've got all the same problems. And we're, we're uh, actually partnering with Humboldt County. We have a planning grant from the Public Utility Commission. There is a four-county consortium called the Redwood Coast Connect, which is managed uh, out of Humboldt State University, the states split up into broadband consortiums, where basically they're trying to get grassroots groups together to go solve this problem. So we do have a, a small planning grant through the Redwood Coast Connect Consortium uh, to work on this, and so we're you know we're making we're making progress. That's all I can say. We've got a great team, but we're doing it in spite of the incumbents, and quite frankly, in spite of uh, a lot of the best intentions of our legislators and our, our regulators in, in Sacramento and Washington. Uh, the, the Public Utility Commission has given us some support. We've got this $60,000 three-year planning grant, which isn't a lot of money, but it's better than a stick in the eye. And uh, they have this the CASA funds available that we're working with our vendors to apply for with the Rancho Navarro project being the first example of that but on the other hand we're saddled with this fallacy of mapping data that shows that mendocino county is mainly served with broadband
0: yes that's just it's terrible it's really really frustrating
1: the europeans sit there and laugh at us americans for spending hundreds of millions of dollars to produce inaccurate maps so you know we're we're dealing with that and on a project by project basis we understand that for example the Ranch and Navarro project will be able to go in and help the contractor contest that map Uh, and so on a project by project basis we'll do that, we'll do that on the Route 1 Corridor project, we've got the Sherwood Road project that's coming up in the near future, however that's a reactive approach to solving the problem and what I'm fearful of is that the policymakers in Sacramento and Washington, they're not getting that feedback that the maps are wrong. And they're making decisions based on the fact that the federal maps show that the vast majority of housing units in Mendocino County, I think 84% is the number, have uh, four down and, and one up is the, the FCC standard, something like that. And that's just utter nonsense. I mean, it, it, it isn't even close to being the truth. So if the policymakers are and they're doing their doing their thing and, and trying to you know solve this problem, they need to take all those NTIA maps and throw them in the garbage can, and start over with a ground truth based effort that comes to a group like ours and says, all right, let's let's do it from the bottom up. Let's not go to the AT and T and Comcast and Verizon, who want to give us you know, the information that the big guys are giving out have to do with protecting market share. They want to show that Mendocino County is in good shape because they don't want anybody coming in here and, and rocking the boat.
0: Right. We're seeing the exact same thing in states all across the nation, and, and we hear the exact same thing from people who try to talk to policymakers and tell them the maps are wrong but inevitably we find that legislators are just more interested in listening to the Comcast and the at and ts telling them that the maps are just fine. And I have to think it has a lot to do with who's giving them money and who isn't.
1: Yeah, yes, sir. Absolutely. You know, you, you and I have both heard the statistics about how many lobbyists uh, AT&T has in Washington. I understand it's like a one, one-to-one ratio to legislators. And I hear the same thing about Sacramento. Mendocino County has zero lobbyists in either Washington or Sacramento, because we're so rural and we're so poor that we can't we can't even afford a single lobbyist for the whole county. Mm-hmm. So our little groups trying to do this, but if any if any uh, policymakers that are involved with broadband listen to this podcast, I would welcome them to contact me so I could give them a little bit more of my opinion on what I think about the crappy mapping that we've got at the federal and state levels.
0: All right, well, thank you so much for joining us. That was Jim Moorhead, Executive Committee Chair of the Broadband Alliance of Mendocino County in California. To learn more, visit our show page on muninetworks.org, where we have links to some of the materials discussed on this Community Broadband Bits podcast. If you have any questions or comments, please tell us directly email podcast at muninetworks.org thanks to my colleague lisa gonzalez for putting the show together and fit in the conniptions for the music the license using creative commons the song is called storm On my way home